Game Notes is brought to you by Game Time, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know jazz ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? Game Time tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the Game Time app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. My favorite part of this Game Time app, it is so easy. You can check out for tickets in two tabs. Just tap, tap, emphasis on the tap, tap. Just get out of there so quickly, get tickets, blink of an eye, so easy to do. So head to the App Store or Google Play Store now to download Game Time and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. Game notes. I'm Zach Harper, joined by Tony Jones, the Athletics Utah Jazz scribe. Uh, thank you for subscribing to the Athletic. Thank you for subscribing to the podcast. As you know, Tuesdays are your free episode. It's in front of the paywall. It's behind the paywall. Whatever you want, you can find those Tuesday episodes like today, free of charge. But if you want all the episodes throughout the week, we have other episodes that are behind the paywall only. You go to theathletic.com slash NBA tip off. You get 40% off an annual subscription. You'll get to get that first uh, week trial. You get all kinds of good stuff with that subscription. Get all the podcasts, all every team, everything you want, everything that's behind the wall gets in front of the wall for you. If you do the subscription for the athletic. So if you want all the game notes, podcast episodes, you gotta, you gotta get that subscription. Otherwise, Kick it with me and Tony here on this uh, on this beautiful Tuesday every single week. Tony, big win in Phoenix. Is it possible that we have big wins in Phoenix now? Because it, it is was possible an, that we was, have big wins. In Phoenix. They I might that be was a big win. They might be kind of a good team. The Suns. They might be. I'm, I'm not. I'm not buying in yet. But I like what I see in the first four games. They barely They're lost their two competent. losses. They're confident, right? For the first time in a long time, the Suns are confident. And the Jazz. That was not your typical Jazz win because last year, like last couple of years, they haven't really won ugly games, and they won an ugly game. Like that game was gross last night. I thought it was weirdly beautiful. To be honest, oh, that game was awful, man. I'm a, like, no, seriously, I want to go with the weirdly beautiful thing because I like I, I thought, listen, I think I think there's a distinction, right? Like, I think like there's some there are some games where teams just suck, like both teams just suck. And I think last night, if you look at the stat sheet, you could say that's one of those games. But what I saw last night, I saw two teams really playing their behinds off defensively, both of them. And I thought both teams played really hard. Yes, yeah. I thought the turnovers were careless. The Jazz turned the ball over 15 times in the first half, 22 <sighs> times overall. That's basically it, like hitting every other car on the highway. So I got a que- I got a question for you about that, Tony. Like, yeah. So they've had issues with turnovers for years now, right? Like this isn't years. a new thing. And so years. is it a product of so much action within yes. Quinn Snyder's playbook? That's what it. That's what it is, right? Like, I absolutely believe it's a, it, number one, it's a product of so much stuff in Quinn, so, so much stuff in Quinn's actions. Number two, I think it's a product of so much stuff in Quinn's actions uh, on October 28th. Like, every year we go through this. Every year through October and, the, and, and November, the Jazz turn the ball over like crazy. Their, def, their offensive rating is trash. Everybody's asking what's wrong with the offense. And then by January, everything is fine with the offense. Right. And, and and that's what we're seeing. Right. Like right now, the Jazz are a bottom five team offensively 
Um, now it's mitigated by the fact that right now they're by far, and like it's not even close, they're by far the best team in the league defensively. Um, and and that that defensive rating is really going to be challenged this week because they play the Clippers twice. Um, but you know, I, I think that you know that's kind of mitigated the fact that their offense has started slow, the fact that Mike Conley uh, has started slow and is basically over the season. Uh, and, and, you know, and the fact that Joe Ingles hasn't hit a lot of shots and, and, and a lot of the jazz guys who we thought were going to make shots, haven't made shots yet. Um, but I, I think that if you look at winning ugly and you look at specifically winning ugly, this was a game that the jazz would not have won at this point of the season last year. As a matter of fact, if you look at the first five games, uh, of the season for the jazz last year, there's a loss at the Phoenix Suns in that game. And it was that type of game. And that was a Suns, much worse Suns team. <laughs> that, that was a much, much worse. worse Suns team. That was that was a much, much worse Suns team. And guess what? They came out and pressured the heck out of the Jazz. Yeah. Um, they play really, really energetic because all bad teams play very energetic in the first 10 games of the season. And they, they beat the Jazz. They beat the Jazz at home at Talking Stick Resort Arena. And last night, the Jazz were down 78-71 with seven minutes to go. They sub in Rudy Gobert, um, and they get the stops needed. They slowly and methodically work their way back into the game, uh, and and they make the stops down the stretch, uh, and they and they made one more play offensively down the stretch than the Suns did. Yeah, uh, yeah. I with the turnovers, I couldn't tell last night if it was good defense or just sloppy play, and it was probably it was probably a little of both. I was struggling with that as I watched the game. Um, but you mentioned making plays offensively. Boyan Bogdanovich, man, he was like in a game of ugliness, right? Like he was so good last night. Twenty nine points, eight of thirteen shooting, four of eight from deep, perfect from the line, and nine attempts. But he was just like, and he and he turned the ball over. Like he, you know, he he was a little yeah, sloppy with it. Yeah, right. but um, but I just thought overall, like he played. It's funny he had five turnovers, and I thought he played such a controlled offensive game. Man, he he's he's like, I don't want to use this this term because you know we we all we already have this term with Kawhi, but he's kind of like a Terminator offensively, right? Like he just kind of emotionally emotionlessly breaks you down and just methodically breaks you down. He's very very fundamental. Every time he catches the ball, he catches on balance, triple threat option, so he can shoot, pass, or dribble out of his catch. And he can score so many ways. Like, he can score catch and shoot. He can score on the move. He can score off pin down screens. You can run pick and roll for him. And he can score in isolation. He gets to the foul line. He makes threes. He can, he has floaters in the mid-range, and he can get all the way to the basket. The, the Suns had no answer for him last night. They and the funny thing is they did a terrific job on Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell was nine for 24 last night. So he scored a lot, but he took a lot of shots. He had to take a lot of shots to get there. And last night was Donovan's first inefficient game of the season. Um, but Bogdanovich, there was no answer for him. He did exactly what he did, whatever he needed to do uh, on the floor. And he kept the jazz in it and he made so many big shots. Uh, and, and I wrote this in my story uh, about Bogdanovich, um, his his ability to carry the offense uh, on his shoulder uh, for 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 a big part of the game. It allowed Donovan Mitchell the juice 
to be able to get all the way to basket to the basket uh, in the last possession of the game instead of you know being t- having tired legs maybe yeah. pulling up from that fifteen to eighteen foot range. So um, I think that last night was was an example of of, of exactly what the Jazz uh, hope to have gotten from Bogdanovich in relation to taking pressure off of, off of their superstar in Donovan Mitchell. Um, on the other side of that, uh, and also want to want to mention Rudy Gobert, right? Eleven of twelve from the free throw line, like that's that's big time for him. Like he's he's not a great free throw shooter, and so to go eleven of twelve, they needed. I think you mentioned this maybe on Twitter, like they needed every one of those free throws last night um, to to win that game. And so on the flip side of that, uh, Mike Conley, he's had one that the game against Sacramento, he was he was good, right? At least scoring the ball, I, I should say, making shots, um, or he was good enough. And then the other games, he's really struggled so far. And and Tony, this the the thing about Conley is like he does start out pretty slow a lot of seasons. It feels like um, this jazz team is good enough to where they can withstand that. I mean, they're three and one, right? The, in the game that they lost, Bogdanovich didn't play uh, that Laker game. That's when they kind of got stomped by the Lakers. But I would say a lot of seasons Conley starts out slowly. Um, you can, you can handle that. If you're this jazz team, I don't know if you can handle Conley and Joe Ingles starting out slowly over the long term. Like they do need to correct at least one of these guys. Okay. So I got a funny story about Rudy Gobert, right? So, um, me and Andy Larson, uh, the fine Utah beat writer from the Salt Lake Tribune, we're on press row, and and we realized that Rudy Gobert is making all of his free throws. And I say, well, you know, Rudy's gonna miss one of these because it was, it was, you know, it's it's just due. It's time for him to miss one. And Andy's like, nope, he's not gonna miss one. And so, of course, he makes all of his free throws. Um, we're, we're talking to Rudy after the game in the locker room. Um, you know, we have, we haven't, we haven't started our interview and Rudy, Rudy says to us, we, we said to Rudy, wow, you, you hit all your free throws. And Rudy says to us, I know that you thought that I was going to miss. I felt the negative vibes when I was at the line. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, is it possible? We we caught you on TV with headphones in. Is it possible? You said that to Andy Larson, but you you had the headphones in, so you spoke louder than you thought, and he heard you. <laughs> I didn't have the headphones in at the time. Okay. And so, you know, Rudy was just like, I felt the negative vibes when I was at the foul line. You, I, I know that you thought I was going to miss one. And Andy, Andy, disloyal as he is, Andy was like, nope. I told Tony you were going to make every one of them. <laughs> and and I said, yeah, Rudy, I, I, I'm i not even going to lie, bro. I told you, I, I thought you were going to miss one. I was just, I was just playing the percentages, but props to you because you made them all. And, and he was like, they needed every one of them. I was like, yeah, well, y'all needed every one of them. And he was like, yeah, because we won by one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's accurate. <laughs> it is accurate, man. Um, so, so how, um, how do you, but look, does the Conley stuff concern you? Like, I think he's actually having a good impact overall, but he obviously can't keep shooting like this. Okay. Here's the thing. Okay. So let, let's, let's set this table. You're Mike Conley. You've been in the league for 12 years. You've been running one offense for those 12 years. For those 12 years, you've had the ball in your hand every single possession. Okay. For those 12 years, you run, you run pick and roll 
with Marcus Saul, right? If that pick and roll isn't there, you you dump the ball in to Zach to, uh, to Zach Randolph, uh, or you find Tony Allen slashing along the baseline, right? That that's your offense for twelve years. Okay, now you're running an entirely different offense. You're playing with an entirely different big man in terms of style of play, uh, and you're running a four out offense for the first time in your career. So, I mean, you know, am I, am I surprised that he's struggling this badly? Yeah, I am. Am I concerned? No, not at all. He's Mike Conley. Okay. He's one of the top seven or eight point guards in the league. He's not all of a sudden washed. Tony, people are turning on him, man. People like, I've seen a lot of comments on Twitter. You, you don't go from 21 points a game to completely washed in a matter of a summer. It just doesn't happen. And even if you're washed, even if he was, you don't get washed to the point where you're over the season. Okay. So, you know, I, number one, the thing about Mike Conley, I, I look and I watch, he's still getting to his spots. He's still beating people off the dribble. He's just missing a lot of shots that he normally makes. Last night was a wash for him in turn because he he had five thousand twenty minutes, never got into a rhythm. Uh, he was saddled with foul trouble. He had three fouls in the first half. He picked up his fourth foul on the very first play of the second half. Uh, he picked his fifth foul up early in the in the fourth quarter. I mean, there was just no rhythm. Um, so so that game that game was a wash. And of course, he was zero for seven. Uh, he had one assist. You know, I mean, but listen. He's not going to play this badly for 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 an infinite period of time. It's just not going to happen. He's going to be better. At what point does it concern you? Like if it's January, like I mean, are we talking months? Are we talking the entire season? Are we talking We're about the playoffs? Like, I, like I'm I'm genuinely curious when when you start thinking like, ooh, I don't know about this. We're literally talking months because I mean, I think you know, I think as a point guard. I think you first of all, you can see the same thing with Emmanuel Moutier. Emmanuel Moutier is struggling to make some of the reads within the offense. Um, because I, I think that you know, new point guards just struggle. I think wow. Is yeah, but be- but but Tony, like this is where people watching other people's money is gonna come into it. Emmanuel Moody is not getting 30 million, right? Right. No, no, for sure. And, and I'm not and, and I and like me personally, I'm not and, concerned about Mike. I'm just like if, I think he's gonna be fine, but Playing devil's advocate, like fan, that's a that's under, a big concern. I understand. I understand where jazz fans are coming from. Yeah, that's why. That's why I'm not like actually. You know, if you notice, I'm not clowning them on Twitter, right? Like, I'm not like, yeah, shut up. Like, I, because I understand fundamentally. Okay, if you're a jazz fan, um, you've been trying to trade for this guy for three years, right? And you finally trade for this guy, and you give away a lot, like you gave away Kyle Corver, you gave away Jay Crowder. You gave away multiple first round picks. Grayson uh, Allen, who might be a good role player, right? Like you, you gave away talent. Right. Yeah. You gave away a lot. So you expect this guy to perform. You expect Mike to perform. And I understand that the, the expectation is there. And if, you know, and if he's had a really, really tough four games uh, or a tough three out of four games, um, you know, fan base is panic. That's what they do. Yeah. Um, but me as, you know, me as an observer, me as a beat writer, as a beat writer, uh, and you know, me as somebody who's totally in control of, 
you know, thoughts and faculties and head and heart uh, in this situation. I just look at it and I just think, you know, hey, it's Mike Conley. He's going to break out. He's too good not to. You know, I said the same thing in the preseason when uh, Bogdanovich couldn't make a shot. It was like, yeah. yo, the guy's Boyan Bogdanovich. Like, he's a 45% three-point shooter. He's not going to shoot this badly. He's too good a player. So, you know, just like Bogdanovich has figured it out, Mike Conley's going to figure it out. Um, I want to I wanna get into the upcoming week for the Jazz because they have, they have a pretty – pretty important, you know, stretch coming up right, right over this next five, seven games. Uh, but before that guys and girls, jazz fans, non jazz fans that are just interested in what Tony and I have to say, um, you can, you can interact with us. If you do the hashtag game notes, T a like the athletic game notes, T a, we're going to take Twitter questions throughout the season. Tony loves taking Twitter questions. Me, you know, I'm lukewarm on it, but Tony loves it. We'll have entire Twitter mailbag episodes at some point. So hashtag game notes TA. If you want to submit uh, comments, questions, concerns, anything that you've got to say about the jazz, we'll consider it. We'll talk about it on the podcast. Uh, so hashtag game notes TA. So Tony, this is the, this is the next, uh, I would even extend it to seven games, but I want to concentrate on this week for the next seven games for the jazz. Uh, they are, Home to the Clippers Wednesday night. They're at Sacramento Friday night. They're at the Clippers Sunday night. Then next Wednesday, they have back-to-back home games Wednesday and Friday, the Sixers and the Bucks. Then they're at the Warriors, which maybe the Warriors will be good again by then. And then they're home to the Brooklyn Nets, who could be dangerous. Um, that's a that's not an easy seven game. I mean, Kings look like garbage right now, and the, and the Warriors <laughs> Warriors look terrible the first two games. But that's that's a pretty tough schedule there. Like at least in terms of these two games against the Clippers, um, I wouldn't call any of them must win by any means. But you you want to see a victory in at least one of those games, right? Yeah, I mean, I think you do. Um, you know, obviously the Clippers are really really good. Um, Kawhi's the best player in the world. Their defense is 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 terrific. They're scoring, what, 122 points a game, something like that. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be tough for the Jets. Like, it's going to be tough sledding. It's, it's uh, um, you know, obviously, you know, if you're the Jazz, you want to protect your home floor. Um, but, you know, when the schedule came out, I mean, this is one of the stretches that kind of stood out to you. Like, for that first 25 uh, it was going to be difficult for the Jazz, and I wouldn't be surprised if after that first 25, there's something like, you know, 13 and 12 or, you know, 14, 11, something like that. Um, you know, because there's a lot of, there's a lot of great teams that that are that are dotting on the schedule. So, yeah, they kind of they kind of just need to get through November. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's a real there's a there's a very tough five game road trip. Yeah, uh, at the end in, at the end of November. Yeah, uh, and, and yeah. the first two first two game first two games of December are the end of that road trip where they're at Toronto and at Philly on a back to back. That's yeah, tough. At Toronto, at Philly on a back to back, and then you're home. And I think the Lakers, Lakers come to town. Yeah, like you can yeah. yeah, that's I mean, tough. so you know, the first twenty five for the Jazz is going to be it's going to be rough. You know, it's it's kind of in. It's it's like this every year for the Jazz. Like their schedule is really imbalanced in the first month and a half uh and then it kind of then it kind of balances itself out but like you know it's like that again this year 
Um, so that, could we, and, that, and that's one of the reasons why last night's game for the Jazz, that win was a big win because they needed that. They needed that win. They need those wins against the teams that on paper they, they should be able to beat. Yeah, I, I I look at I look at upcoming and even even that game at Sacramento, right? Like I kind of feel like that's a bit of a trap game, and yeah. could, and could easily be a trap game just for the simple fact, like, look, the Kings suck right now. The Kings might legitimately be the worst team in the NBA through the first week, right? Like they have barely been competitive at, at stretches of games, and so I don't know if that's a Luke Walton thing. I don't know if that's just expectations. I don't know if they're just randomly missing him and playing poor defense, like whatever it is, um, something's not clicking, but you have to think that it will click at some point. And if you're going from Clippers to Kings to Clippers again, it's very understandable that the jazz might overlook that game. So I think that game becomes important too. And, and you think about it too, Tony, like, look, this, this Western conference is going to be jumbled one through six, right? Um, right. at the end of the season. And so you can look at like, those games later on is meaning more, but these games right now are going to mean the exact same in the columns. Well, I think if you're a jazz fan, uh, you want the Kings to win. <laughs> when do they play again? Do they play tomorrow? The Kings. Oh, I'm looking it up right now. The Kings have, uh, cause they just lost to Denver last night in a game. Right. They actually should have won. Uh, Oh, tomorrow they're home to Charlotte. If yeah. they don't win that game, <laughs> the jet, the jet, <laughs> Listen, Jazz fans, root for the Kings tomorrow <laughs> night against the Charlotte Hornets because listen, you want them that you want them to have that first win out of the way by the time you get there on Friday. Yeah, right. Am, am yeah. I correct on that? No, you're you're right because also like if they lose that game to Charlotte after the Jazz, they have four of the next five on the road, and and look, look the Kings are going to want to win the Jazz game regardless, but. Um, but if you, you can't really go into that road trip. Oh, and six, if you're the king, right? Right. Like, right. I mean, one and five doesn't look great either, but you can't go into that one and six or oh, and six. And so, um, I think especially if they lose to Charlotte, you may see some changes that kind of galvanize this Kings team, not firings or anything, but just changes to their approach, changes to the rotation, whatever that may throw the jazz off a little bit. Exactly. And, and that's, that's why if you're a jazz fan, you're like, listen, you know, go ahead and get that win out of your system. <laughs> beat Charlotte. They're not that good. You should beat them. Um, and, and you know, everything is kind of everything on Friday. Yeah, and especially uh, especially since the Jazz, Jazz just stomped them out too, right? Is that right. you don't want right. them to – that could be another reason for the Kings getting overlooked. Yeah. You know, if, if, if the Kings lose to Charlotte, then, you know, Friday becomes a Super Bowl for them. It does, or the possibility <laughs> the Kings just might suck, right? Like the Kings just might be a horrible team. I don't think so. I like their talent, but they they just might be bad this but year. But we were talking about the Kings as a as a, as a team that that's fighting for an eight seed. Oh, I'm with you, uh, Tony. So, I'm with you. But this is um, the, I mean the first the first, <laughs> their first four games they lost by 29 to the Suns, they lost by 10 to the Blazers, lost by 32 to the Jazz, and then they lost at home to Denver by seven last night. Well, they uh, gave up. They gave up after 27 minutes to the Jazz. Like, oh they yeah, they surrendered. Were, they were out. They were out. So, I mean, this this is you know, I, I, like I said, man, it's first of all for the Jazz. I mean, business is business first, right? Like. Wednesday night at Vivint Small Home Arena is going to be lit. Like three yeah, and one. That's a, that, that's a that's, even, whether they win or lose, that's a great measuring stick. It's a it's a great measuring stick. Um, the Jazz is going to be at full strength 
They weren't at full strength against the Lakers. Well, right. they're not going to be at full strength because they don't have Dante Exum. Right. Um, you know, but they weren't at full. They weren't at their relative full strength against the Lakers. They're going to be their relative full strength against um, the Clippers. Um, you know, crowd is going to be sold. Arena is going to be sold out. Uh, it's a it's a terrific game. Kawhi's in town. That's that's um, a big that's a big game for the Jazz bench too because we know the Clippers have the best bench in the league, right? Like yeah. that's that's a big that's yep. a big and obviously it doesn't match up you know one for one with all these things. There's going to be a lot of rotations and and you know splitting time between the two the two units and everything. But that's a big game for like Joe Ingles, Moutier, Jeff Green, all these guys. Like that's big. And it's and it's big for Mike Conley because he's going to be hounded by by Patrick Beverly. Um, yeah. big or, or if they put, if they put bat, if they, if they put Pat on Donovan, then Conley, there's some extra incentive to, you know, incentive to, to go after someone like Landry Shamit, right. Who, who's a solid defender, but like Mike has to win that matchup if that's the case. Right. Right. And that's the, that's the thing. And you know, in the, in the jazz defense, I mean, they're gonna, they're, they're going to be facing a team. For the first time, I mean, even the Lakers couldn't do this, but they're going to be facing a team for the first time that can beat you in that can beat you from five different directions. Like, yeah. right? Yeah, because absolutely. Because you got you got Kawhi that's going to drop thirty on you. I'm not going to say could drop thirty on you. He's going to drop thirty. Right. Um, Lou can know, drop thirty. Lou can drop thirty. Trez could get twenty and Trez, ten. Right? Trez yeah. can go in and get twenty and ten, and then you have all those. Then you have all Park the shooters. Shamit, Pat. Right. You know. Patrick Patterson, like they, they just man, it's just a really good team, <laughs> and so, they're have Paul George. <laughs> so it, it's going, it's it's truly going to be a measuring stick for for Utah's defense, and 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 what you and what the Jazz have to do um, every minute that Lou Lou is on the floor for you know for every bucket that he scores, they got to go at him. Like, yeah, they absolutely, got to go at Lou <laughs> because Lou can't defend. And he's never going to defend, but Lou's going to get buckets. So you got to mitigate those buckets. Yeah, it's a fascinating matchup. Look, it's all it's a small sample size. And it's only one week, but Jazz are the number one defense, right? And they're the they're twenty eighth in offense. The Clippers are the number one offense, and they're twenty sixth in defense. Right. So I mean, and granted, like those things are going to even out. I think I don't think the Jazz are going to be a bottom five offense all year, and I don't think the Clippers are going to be a bottom five defense all year. But in terms of where their defense, you know, where the Jazz defense is, where the Clippers' offense is, like I think you can kind of expect those that to be the neighborhood for them, uh, especially with the Jazz defensively. So like that's kind of a it's an interesting measuring stick to me of just like which one gets corrected in those two games. Yeah. And I don't think either one is. I don't think either one's going to be corrected overnight. I think the Clippers are, are still dealing with some stuff, and and I don't think they. You know, obviously, first of all, they're playing more heartless a lot less than I thought they would be. But yeah, that's because I think that's because Patrick Patterson has been like good. <laughs> yeah, he was after he was garbage in the first game. He's been good ever since. Yeah, like he's like he's making shots and he's rebounding the ball and he's he's holding up defensively on the perimeter, and I'm just like. Oklahoma City fans got to be pissed <laughs> <laughs> for many reasons, Tony. For many, <laughs> just like, are you serious? <laughs> um, all right. So, so what, what do we expect? Like a two in one week, right? I think I, mean, I think that should be the goal. I think that's ideal. Yeah, 
Like obviously, goal would be three and zero, but like you know what I mean. Like real, like if they can get out of this two and one over these next three games, and you go into that that Philly Milwaukee, if, if they if they matchup, can get out of this good. two and one over these next three games, and then if they can split those two games, yeah, uh, Milwaukee and Philly, uh, and then who's on the back end of that? And, then, and it's the Warriors. It's at Warriors, and then home to the Nets, and, and so those, and those are two very winnable that, games. I would say even that they that. should win those two games. You know, unless unless the Warriors correct themselves, right? I Over mean, the next week or so. The Warriors, uh, listen, New Orleans might be bad, but the Warriors look good. They did uh, look good, but they also no Zion, no Drew, no Faves. Like, right. I mean, they they if they if they didn't look that way in that game, it would have been a catastrophe. Right. And then you know, but then after, see, here's the thing: after that Nets game. Um, I think the the Jazz have about six or seven games. They have a six or seven game stretch where they, they should be favored in every game. Yeah. Before that five game road trip. Yep. So not not to get too far ahead, but if they can just get out of this, you know, kind of at you know, kind of treading water at a five hundred record, then they can make a push before that before that big five game road trip that they have. Yeah, absolutely. Um, see if uh, see if Mike Conley can make some shots, man. Yeah, well, the, he's got to start making shots, and I think he knows that. I mean, he didn't talk to the media last night because I think he he realizes that there's nothing to say until he starts making some shots. Right. And, <laughs> and you know, and and I think the media, you know, I think we all realize what was going on. It's like, okay, Mike's smiling, Mike's talking. You know, he had a conversation with uh, assistant coach Johnny Bryant got dressed and left and we were like, we're going to just go ahead and leave Mike alone tonight because yeah, let him have his thoughts. You get the fig- win. We, we figured it out. Right, <laughs> like exactly. we've had those, we've had those conversations. So I think Mike's going to figure it out. And, um, I think he's got to, I think he's trying to figure out what, what he, what he has to figure out because honestly he's missing shots that he normally makes. Like he gets into the lane and and he's missing floaters like really bad, and he's got one of the best floater games in the in the entire league. Um, and that's how I know that like okay, this is like really in his head. Like when Mike Conley's missing eight foot floaters, you know, by basically hitting the backboard, and it's like the rebounds falling at the foul line. Um, then something, there's something's wrong, you know, just mentally in terms of. You know, when you miss a shot, it just starts to get to you. I, I know you don't know what that means because you nah, have man. no conscience. No, man. You just you just let it fly, and the next one's always going in. That's yeah. where we got to get Mike, right? We <laughs> we we should we should all want to be we should all want to be like. Hey, man. Zach misses a few shots, and is is like okay. Um, you know, you know who ball again? You know which NBA player uh, taught me that? Katino Mobley. Katino yep. Mobley never cared if he missed shots. And watching that dude in Houston, I was like, you know what? That's the mentality you need. You just let it fly. So I played with Catino in high school um, um, in a couple of summer leagues. He was, we were on the same team, and and uh, he was a he was a showman. And he was different. He was so good. <laughs> well, no, he was he was really good. Like he would he would uh, post up. Cause he was really good in the post, yeah. And he would just start yelling at me as I was bringing the ball to the floor, like I got a miles in the house, give me the ball. <laughs> and I'm like, I remember one time, one possession, I'm yelling at him, like, "Well, coach told me to run the offense," and he was like, "F coach." <laughs> and so I give him the ball, 
I give him the ball and he scores and he gets an and one. And guess what happens? Hmm. The horn, when he's at the foul line, the horn sounds. I get subbed out. You got subbed out. I got subbed out because I didn't run the offense. Oh, I didn't run wow. the sound. Wow. That that's what happened. Man. Hey, man. I, I remember it like it was yesterday. Every every time he would shoot, me and my friends would say, Cat don't care. Because that was yeah. it, right? Like he like he he just didn't care. Like he was the last ten, no matter good or bad, had nothing to do with the next one. So that's where that's where that's where Mike Conley needs to get to. It just let that, it fly. That you know what? And they're both left handed. So there you go. Absolutely. Cat. Exactly. Cat. Uh Definitely. all right. Again, uh, this is the the Tuesday pod's always going to be free. It's always uh, in front of the paywall. If you want all the episodes, the stuff the rest of the week, the mailbags, everything, uh, make sure you subscribe to The Athletic. It's a fantastic deal. It's the best value you're going to get out there. And you get to read all Tony's stuff all season long anyway. So you should be doing that regardless. If you want to hit us up on Twitter, hashtag Game Notes TA. Read all Tony's stuff. Check out the power rankings this week. And uh, let me know in the comments if you agree where the Jazz are and my assessment of them right there on The Athletic. For Tony Jones, I'm Zach Harper. This has been Game Notes.